Who was, I had a friend of mine who would always say, is it wrong? Is it wrong? Is it wrong? Like, she, she's Korean. And we used to hang out and talk. She was a string player. I forget who it was. I wonder if it's like undergrad. Um, And I'm not going to dox her. I'm not going to like say who it is, but like she was a little older. Like and subscribe. Comment, like and subscribe. Check it on the comments. Not going to, not going to. Doxer. Yeah, but if you click the the link, uh, the it'll, it'll show her uh, Google Google Street address. Yeah, no, it'll be the Google Maps of her front yard, and <laughs> a, as she's as she's like planting flowers. But you're in that image too, so it's even weird. Yeah, like, you, like you behind her with it. a knife. Yeah, classic. Yeah, and she turns around. Is it wrong? Speaking of behind the night, so I haven't been in on these, um, you know, the true crime thing. That's like this weird phenomenon. Yeah, like every girl's super into it. It's the car crash. You can't look away. It's like real it's time evil. for them. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you think about it, like our world isn't nearly as evil. I mean, yeah, we got problems. We got it doesn't. So we're in, in America. We're not exposed to the atrocities like you would in other countries yeah. to that degree where you witness mass murder every day. People eating each other. You mean shit. South Side of Chicago? Rip. Yeah, Rip. man. There's so I heard I heard like last week in Southside Chicago. Uh this is also like the first week of June, so last week of May. It's like what? It was something like eleven murders. Like the or most something? in like yeah. Well, because yeah, Chicago, yeah, it's um it's more than LA and New York combined. Yeah, like it's double the rate. But that's that's like more than a body a day, dude. That's like yeah. more than a murder a day. That's so wild. And then this whole thing in Virginia happens where Wait, eleven what? people. Eleven. Oh, I think, I think it was I eleven saw or twelve. Random, yeah. What? What was? Isn't it? it crazy? No, isn't it crazy now though? Like I didn't hear about it. Twitter barely reacted. Like I, I saw it on eleven Twitter. or twelve people got shot. Nobody blinked. Yeah. Nobody. It's really like blinked. now it does. It, before you know, it comes in on the news and then disappears. Mm-hmm. This I barely heard about it. I think it's like marketing. It's like if the shooting is just like all the other ones, yeah. it doesn't get the same. Yeah. Yeah, if you're having a sale, then it doesn't feel special. Like why? why but not? if you're if you like slaughter like a school of elementary school children, that's different. Like that's marketable. Yeah. like that's something you have and that seen lasts before. for at least two weeks before we yeah. forget about it. Before it, or Alex Jones says it didn't happen before the next the next <laughs> version comes out. Yeah, you the know. next iOS update. Yeah, just like of, brr, of mass brr, murder. Do you agree to the shooting? But. Anyways, oh, so man, America, yeah, so it's just tough. like true crime fascination. Yeah. And it's like, I get it, but I, don't, I just don't, it's just like, why do I, why do I need to see this? But I happen to watch <laughs> but. on Netflix, their Ted Bundy stuff. Yeah. Ooh, it's a lot, man. I it's, just can't it's get into it. I can't get, I know, I thought man. I couldn't. I'm not sure, like, cause I'm also looking like all the, all the people that like listen to podcasts and watch documentaries and are like super into making a murder. They're like. All white people. Yeah, like no. I don't know many brothers that are like, "Yo, let me." Did you see these crime documentaries, bro? And I think it's because, yeah. yeah, like what we were talking about earlier. Since they're not exposed, white people aren't exposed to actual atrocity. They yeah. get to like 
look at it from the outside. Like like when they get pulled over by the officer, you probably get a handshake and a smile. Yeah. I get a gun in my face. Yeah, it's it's like, like, I don't know anyone who gets <laughs> murdered. I've never met yeah. anyone. It's like, yeah, I don't know anyone who was murdered. Exactly. Or even like in the third degree, like that doesn't happen. So it just seems fascinating. And plus, well, all these serial killers are white people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what's, what's a black, do you know any black serial killers? No. Serial killer. no, not in, not not in America, maybe in Africa, well, but that, there, everybody's there, black. There's gonna <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's gonna be one, yeah. But like here at a bit, yeah. Like look at it. But like all the mass shooters look Are like the weird, same dude. Weird white dude. So so the yeah. why? I mean, yeah. Just to summarize, so the reason this guy, uh-huh. so his story is just wilder because he's the first one who didn't fit the type, and that's what everyone talked about. No. Oh one, yeah. What was what was his type? He looks good. Oh, he was sexy. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I think I saw a commercial for that. Yeah. Like, and everybody was like, they were like glamorizing like this charismatic serial killer. It's kind of dangerous. I like kind of want to take him home to mama and then watch him kill her. Yeah. So and then me. I think he looks okay. Maybe it's a like a, a 60s thing or 70s thing. But Is that when this was? So this dude, yeah. So he's oh, okay. going through in the 70s, which is kind of like a peak serial killer. In America, really, the seventies lit. And think about it, because it's just before there's all this turmoil because the war, civil rights. There's all these other things. So America's women, going women's rights too. Don't forget, women's like right. the so, birth control movement and stuff. So too. particularly because of that, so women have more autonomy, and with that comes more we dudes trying to that. fight back. We, we can. Yeah, it's a hard pass. We're both men who subscribe to the patriarchy and encourage it, actually. Yeah, I'm wearing my patriarchy t-shirt. Dude, on my shirt, it says, wife equals kitchen, man equals cave. Like, that's what my shirt says. That's like the new man versus wild. It's just (laughs) wife meets kitchen. How can you have a kitchen in a cave? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll keep And we digress. So so you were saying... So, um, all joking aside. Yeah. Yeah. uh, 100%. So, <laughs> like, I don't, we have to, I don't, we have to like, y'all know, like, I'm all about, I was raised by a single mom. Read Not single sarcasm. mom, divorced mom. I need to stop saying single mom because. Back to murdering innocent Yeah, people. innocent. Was it women? Was that oh, his yeah. target? So it's women. Oh, nice. Jack it's women. Shit. Like, well, very few targeted dudes, like Wayne Grace, like the clown guy. Like, were they targeted? Kill like, the clown? Yeah, well, people only, no, no, no. It's oh. like one of the, probably one of our other most famous serial killers dressed up as a clown for kids' parties. And he was burying like little little boys and girls in his yard or something like that in his basement. Just okay, so the, so so that's why we're afraid of clowns. Yeah. Is that where it started? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah, clowns are just weird. No. That sounds like FNAF. Do you know about FNAF? No. We'll talk about that in a second. It's a Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a Oh uh, yeah, indie I just game. didn't know the abbreviation. There's a yeah, there's like a whole deep lore and it's centered around children being kidnapped, murdered, and stuffed into animatronic animatronic robots. Classic. And just, those animatronic robots are taken over by the souls of the children and they become homicidal. It's Chuck E. Cheese from hell. Yeah, it's Chuck E. Cheese, literally Chuck E. Cheese from hell. So your job in the game is to be like the security guard at the late night, and you have to dodge the different animatronics by keeping by closing the door at strategic times without like the power going out. Because if the power goes out, they can run in and 
would kill you. The jump scares on that? The jump scares on there. Freaked. I did it. I played it once. You played it once? I never played it. Don't. It was, dude, I, that got me right, got right when it came out. Oh my God. But, dude. yeah. And, and and so then we watched, we just started watching videos of, of other the people. The less like, players? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like sitting there talking to themselves. But, and then shitting themselves immediately. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So back to murder. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So this guy, like, it's just one of those crazy stories. One, how did you not find him? Because this guy, he thought he was really smart. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wasn't as, he's like clever in some ways, very unsmart in others. So yeah. he like didn't have an alias. He was telling victims his real name. Oh, He would, you know, tough. capture them in daylight. He oh, would, wow. Instead of like a Black Dahlia or Zodiac Killer, where like they do the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And they have, he was just like so, in a movie, yeah. True Detective, where it's, yeah. oh, this is their signature move. Mm-hmm. It's none of that. He just kind of did something different every time. And you're sloppy about it. But because he looked, essentially they think because he looked so average yeah. and seemed so normal, he just was able to get away with it for a while. Yeah. But so he's sloppy. They catch him. They've been onto him. He moves states. He starts doing all these things across states' lines. And essentially, police departments, law enforcement just didn't really talk to each other. This is before yeah. we had massive databases. This is the 70s. Before yeah. we had DNA. Yeah. There's just like no way to get this guy. But until they started realize, wait, you know, we need we, to we talk need, to other yeah, people. Yeah, like <laughs> other police. It's like this guy, you know, there are killings in Seattle. He moves down to Utah. There's killings here. He goes to Colorado. He's killings here. Yeah. So he's killing all over the place. And they start finding bodies because before it was missing people for uh, sick for the all in Seattle where he first mm-hmm. started. They were treated as those cases, mm-hmm. like oh kidnappings. We don't know where they are. Yeah, but they start finding bodies. Uh oh. Wait, but so why did he kill people? I don't that That's I don't want to hurt people. Yeah. No, so you can tell something was psychotic. So another thing yeah. they mentioned, he didn't seem like he had a really troubled past at all compared to others. Yeah. He was always kind of aloof. So he actually worked for like the Republican GOP. Oh, not, not the Nixon that campaign. Doesn't, that doesn't help. Oh, yeah. that really doesn't help. He kind of like He was a Nixon. He Republican. liked being out there. So this dude wasn't yeah. he might have been like internally reclusive, but he wanted success and out there so what what makes him different is he might be the most american serial killer uh because he instead of like hiding away being a weirdo clown bury kids in your basement yeah being he marketable was, yeah he was active <laughs> in the press so he went out he relished it so after he got caught there's just you see a bunch of clips of him yeah. because this is the beginning of tv his yeah. his court case was the first yeah. televised court so case. that's he was the first he was yeah. the first like so sexy. he was the first Sexy one who was like all over camera. And so he yeah. he's getting an indictment read to him and he's interrupting the dude. And he sounds, he's clever. This dude's clever. He makes you want to like him. And so his whole thing is the system against him. He's kind of like Donald Trump. It's actually yeah. scary like yeah. how he talks the about same things. same tactics. Yeah. Well, it's like everyone's against him. Believe me. Believe me. Um, I know how to fix it. Yeah. Like, this is a misunderstanding. He, he fires his lawyer right there. He proposes to a witness that was his girlfriend. So she drove in. Wait, his witness was a his girlfriend? One of one of the people he called to the stand. <sighs> wow. He, had, he got her pregnant while he was in prison and- Conjugal visits, man. Yeah, yeah, it worked mm-hmm. out. Um, people were enamored by well, He escaped also, prison twice. Well, oh, wow. So he was like really- He's the OG. He was like the one of the first like modern serial killers modern. in the modern era and so people were like what 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 yeah. do you mean he just seemed active in the press and he just wasn't a weirdo oh and did he like hide out in the mountains yeah yeah okay yes this okay yeah i do i remember 
when I was cognizant of him, he was on the run. He was just in the mountains. Yeah. Like it's well before time, but he, he, so he escaped like six days in the mountains, got caught. And then he escaped again. And then he escapes again. For a while, right? Yeah. For, for, for a few months, I think. Okay. Uh, At least like well over 40 days. But here's the crazy thing. So he escapes again, again, he escapes prison uh, no, no, just same even, time. even say, like, how do you, yeah, how time. do you like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. The first time he you essentially, think we're not letting this guy go again. yeah, the first time he like jumps out of a window in a library at the courthouse because the guard turned his back and he had been the, the craziest thing. You just, you knew he was like oddly smart. He'd been practicing jumping off of his bunk in his jail cell, preparing for that jump. Yeah. Wow. So he, yeah, that's look. I respect that <laughs> no, visualization yeah, and shit. No, like that's yeah, dope. See, so, so when you're when you're a musician, here. yeah, no, when you're a musician, it's important to visualize because uh, you may not be trying to escape jail, but you might want to hit that shift. Yeah, it's it's audition day. Yeah, let's see yeah. if we can translate uh, to our most just, famous serial killer into into marketable marketable um, skills, skills for upcoming musicians. Yeah, that's what this podcast is about, right? Yeah, taking serial killers, the good lessons, and then <laughs> applying it to minus we want minus the murders. I mean, I mean, so but he's, he's so cute though. Yeah, Look at him. Pinch, 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 pinch. Uh, yeah, he bashed, he sawed off a lady's head. Oh. So. Damn. So, yeah, yeah. So talk about, yeah, marketable skills. So, you know, good stage presence. Uh, it's very engaging. Technique. Uh, sensationalism. Yeah, it know, works. Marketability. Dude, that's. Yeah. That's, so, I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. I'm thinking well, of another they all, serial killer. They're all. You know, we've we've got our uh, a lot. all white dudes. Yeah, like like they're all kind of the same. But no, so another thing about this guy, like, yeah, you've escaped prison. Just stay away. Just you know, do your thing. Yeah, come on. But no, you know he's sick. He goes a ridiculous route and gets to Florida. Trains, hitchhiking, yeah. planes. Whoa, planes? Yeah, you got on planes. Yeah. This is before nine eleven. This is the seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Wow, what was that like? Did you just walk in and just I don't know. get on a plane? Like, yeah. So where are you heading today, sir? Uh, I'm gonna go go to murder, Florida. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, mur- murder, fl- Dade, Florida, Dade, Florida, <laughs> Dade, Dade City. Yeah. Uh, gonna smoke some. Co- I mean, I'm gonna um start a garden and uh launder launder uh start a laundromat. <laughs> yeah. Well, that story checks out to me, sir. Uh, have a good flight. The, he's got like Tourette's or something. Could like- you imagine <laughs> sitting beside here? I'll be I'll be Ted, and you just be a person. So. The, the person, um, I'm going to go like sit down and but I'm Ted and I got the middle seat. You're at the window. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. So what do you do, man? Like, what's up? What's the story? Well, you know, I've just been um, bashing things around and. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're a fighter. You, you, well, do I you like to box. I, I deal with uh, batteries. Oh, oh, battery. Okay. I get you, man. So like batteries. So. Batteries for what? Like we don't really have cell phones. Um, <laughs> like women, we don't have Game Boys. Did we have batteries in the seventies? What would flashlights? No, we we definitely had batteries. They had for flashlights. We I didn't burn just, whale oil. Yeah, I thought they were just running. We stopped that a while ago. Sticks of blubber. Wait. Siri, homie. Yeah, let's look this up. Hey, hey Siri, did we have batteries in the 70s? I know we did. When? Hey, Siri, when did we get batteries? 
I know they're from the 19th century. Um, yeah, yeah, I know they're like Dude, some like old Persian stuff. But. There's something wrong with your house, man. Every, Siri, Siri works doesn't. everywhere. She just doesn't want to talk to me. Hey Siri. Ha ha, I heard those jokes earlier. Who's laughing now? Ha ha. Eight, she just stopped. 1800. 1800. Yeah. I'm just want to know like when's Duracell? Like when are people like Duracell? Mad I was reading a marketing book and Duracell was one of the first actually. When, when did Duracell, Duracell start making batteries? 1964. Okay, so we're not far. So we're not, not far. Yeah, so they've been, it's a decade old technology. <clears throat> that makes sense. But yeah, so you so you're on a burgeoning field in uh, scientific technology with yeah. batteries. That's awesome. Well, there's a I mean, there's a lot of things burgeoning around here. But uh, do you have any you know family? Yeah, you know I, I'm going I'm going back home to see to see uh, see the wife and the kids. I've been gone. I'm a businessman. And... So this guy, anyways. <laughs> um, speaking of that, so he just like was targeting college women. In particular, oh. and so he arrives in I Florida. I do too. <laughs> just without the without the murder. With that, much less murder. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so you've escaped prison, you've dodged death, the death penalty. They were going to give him the death penalty in, in uh-huh. Colorado. And what do you fucking do? You go be a sloppy motherfucker. He goes. I mean, ideally. Yeah, he yeah. But he gets in Florida. Maybe different. He goes to. Florida State. Yeah, how, how and is he murders sloppy? a bunch of. He goes in and like bashes in a bunch of sorority girls' heads in the middle of the night and bite and bites them. He bites he them. He bites them. Why? He bite. He, I don't know. Wait, man. After all that killing, I'm hungry. Dude, he's just like, I'll have a number two. Ooh, you just good enough to eat, girl. Yo, they did that in um. He had a murder buffet. They, dude, they did that. Japanese people did that in World War II. They would capture GIs and they would capture uh, Chinese women and they would like flay them alive and then eat their meat. This isn't Game of Thrones. Wow. It's straight, it's straight up like House Bolton. Real talk. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It was a weird time. That's a thing people do for some Boy. reason. Well, this dude was, he wasn't eating them. He would just. Straight up. Still, I mean, them. yeah, I mean, but like, okay, you bash her head and why are you going to bite her, dude? Was it before? Did he bite her first? How do you, know. did she just not react? She's she probably got to be dead. She's like, no, honey, stop, <laughs> stop. And, uh, and then boom, head smashed in with a log. So he just took a straight up log. So that's what he, he took he, a log. Yeah. He's like a fucking piece of wood. And dude, just, he must be like a ninja. How did he like not wake anybody up? I'm so confused. So he kills like four people or something like that. It's just like one of those things like in this day and age doesn't happen because everyone's scared and freaking out. He trained to be a ninja, dude. He's jumping out of windows. He's sneaking into sorority houses, killing four people. Nobody wakes up. Nobody's like, hey, uh, there are four people that were alive, but they're no longer alive. <laughs> there was a strange man in our house. We're women. Um, but it hey, all checks he's kind of cute. He's out, oh, but... Uh, I totally bound him. It, it wasn't like, oh, like totally weird and perverse because they don't focus a lot on the murders because they couldn't get them technically for a lot of them because there was no <sighs> DNA. And no so forensic. Basically, they got them based off the one of the big evidence they got them for the death penalty in Florida and they used the bite marks on their ass. They like took. He bit their asses? Yeah, he that's bit their kind, asses. That's kind of tough, though. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is he biting? I get it. <laughs> Man, after all these murders, you know, like, wait. 
now's my chance. <laughs> but so this guy's wild, dude. Yeah, he's wild, and so wow. he's, he's just crazy in camera. So he represents himself in court, does all sorts of just shit like that. Like that was just weird. He's unpredictable. And just keeps going. And he didn't stop. He escapes police. So he's just got a, like, a much deeper story than the rest of, you know, being a weird truck diver and like luckily getting caught. He's weird and sick and that's the story. Like, no, truck this guy, is, this is guy was tough. in the news and there's just tons of tapes on him. Him just talking in jail. He was just always talking. But there's this documentary. It's good. Both there's a separate documentary. Mm-hmm. Netflix timed it this way. Mm-hmm. It's all of these tapes. Someone went in and interviewed him. Mm-hmm. And this dude talked for like a hundred hours. They had like a hundred hours Jesus, of footage. Dude. And they were trying to like get <clears throat> into, and here's another marketable skill for all you budding musicians, serial killers Ooh, out let there. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Okay. So when, when they went in there to get the, the scoop and the tape, he went, he was talking about his life. He thinks he's really smart. So he's rambling, but it's very coherent going through all of these things, but they wanted to find out about the murders. <laughs> That's the problem. He just, wouldn't he really mention. Talking. He's got enough to talk about that doesn't involve the murders. He's talking about, you know, how he thought about the police officers and how they were against him <laughs> and like he's narrating the whole thing and his own psyche during that time. And still not talking about the murders. Most of them, because they didn't have a hard evidence, the bodies had been thrown up in, in the mountains. So like animals, the weather at Seattle yeah. had gotten to them. There's no DNA at this time. Yeah, but, but he bit their asses. Buddy, and, he, and he's just biting asses. And, and <laughs> that's his calling card. That's his calling card. <laughs> then male or female, there's yeah. just a big old nom nom bite, bite mark on their cheeks, though. Yeah. That's uh, tough. The the thing he did, though, that like worked, so this journalist was trying to get him to open up. He needs to find out about the murders. Yeah. And it was like a light switch. What he what he does is he puts him in, he's like, I need, I need to get him talking. What if we get him speaking in the third person? So they talk to this guy oh, wow. and they say he had had a psychology degree, the murderer. Okay. And he's just like, you've got a psychology degree. You know, you're really smart. What would a person who did this be, be like? Could you help us profile this person? Yeah. AKA Silence of the Lambs, uh, what OJ later did with that stupid book. Tell me kind of like what this person is. And so essentially he starts to open up about everything but he's doing it in the third person. So one, he's not technically incriminating himself and not actually admitting it, but he starts walking. And apparently he just, he picked up the tape player, just holds it here, you know, up close to his chest and just starts talking, going through everything about all these different people he killed. Narr- that was he's, he's narrating. narrating it. So it was just that, that one switch. Yeah. So from, you know, for our musicians out there, so a good way, to, if you're having trouble getting work done or like working on a thing, is be you kind of be your own boss and talk in your own like third person. Mm-hmm. Analyze your situation from the outside, and it can help you out. Just don't murder people. I don't like murder. I'm not. I'm not a big fan. It's it's one of my least favorite things. <laughs> you know what is one of my favorite things? Let's though? hear it. What? The Freakonomics Radio Podcast. Dude, I love Freakonomics. <laughs> They had a good episode today. This is our new segment uh, we like to call. Podcast shout out. Podcast shout out. Friends of Pod. Steven Dubner. Bars. What's up? All right. So Steven Steven Dubner is a G. A cold ass storyteller. I I love the work he does. And there. I'm trying to remember what the what they called it. I think it was like the imagined 
knowledge depth deficit something. I just learned it today, so I I don't have the. I'm going to pull up details. the recent list because I listened to it's the most recent it. episode. Um, and it was like, how do you get people to change their mind? I, this is kind of like the story mm-hmm. of um, that you just told us of, of Ted Bundy, where they had him speak instead. I haven't seen this one, but continue it. Instead of I've speaking listened first. to the previous ones. Well, what happened here was the psychologist got him to speak in the third person. And for some reason, a very intelligent person, when they changed that perspective, the whole idea of giving information, the perspective of giving information, even incriminating information, no longer exists, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is because you and I and humans and we all live in society, we work together, a lot of times we perceive that we know more than we actually do mm-hmm. because there are people who are specialized near us. For instance, could you explain to me exactly how the toilet works. I kind of understand it. Water goes spin, spin, poop, go down, down. Siphon, siphon. There, some sort of, I couldn't break down the formulas or the, of a siphon or the, the volume no. of water required. Flipping the, a light switch. The engineering, like, I don't how understand. How does the light bulb come on? But a plumber does. Yeah. But if you ask somebody, you know, you know how a t- toilet works, you probably just colloquially say yes. So it's this idea that uh, we trust other people to have knowledge in proximity to us, or we have availability of that knowledge. It's a burgeoning problem when it comes to our cognitive biases, especially since we have this phone and we're a Google search away from yeah. any we are, information. Uh, I think even, I don't know if it's Sam Harris some, or a guest he had on, but becoming augmented reality, like augmented yeah. humans and just like, oh, like bio, e- even, you know, it's like, oh, we, we have glasses or mm-hmm. something and we're going to augment it. And the point is, no, we're actually at that now. Yeah. It's just, we just, we hold it. We are. It's not in us yet. Yeah. And we don't really need it. Like how much more convenient is that? You, you hold all the information in the world. Yeah. In your hand. In your hand. Already. Already. We are already. It was inside of us all along. (laughs) Well, so, so what I was, what I was getting at was that scientifically, Psychologically, we've discovered that the best way to really get people to change their mind or for them to realize their cognitive knowledge deficit, Mm -hmm. the depth of their knowledge by a particular subject, is to ask them not their feelings or opinions or the facts about something, but ask them to explain it to us. At, or explain the perspective of it. So mm-hmm. just like in the Ted Bundy. Taking yourself th- out. Taking yourself out and flipping your perspective on an idea can really unlock maybe somebody who's unwilling to see your point of view and or is unwilling to divulge information. So that's really interesting. If you want people, if you want to figure out how to convince people that classical music's interesting, you've got to stop trying to shove it down their throat. You have to figure out how can I change their perspective and then bring classical music to that. Yeah. That battlefield. Because we're always in this weird situation. And you see this all the time when, you know, we're trying to find strategies of bringing people to classical music. And it just sounds like people who work in classical music are the ones who come up with these ideas. Yeah, of course they are. Because yeah. they, they are still coming at it from all these, frankly, like kind of st- stupid angles that like assume both too much and too little mm-hmm. at the same time. 
And it's because everyone they know likes classical music. Everyone they work yeah. with knows about classical music. Yeah. Or it's family who will put up with it. They're we'll not gonna really tell you they hate it. Yeah. And they're like, if you take me to another one of these, I'm gonna freak Well, that's how it used to be out. with science. But then you had the burgeoning field of science communication really kind of led by Bill Nye. I really mm-hmm. think he was one led by kids. in the modern in the modern era using television using modern mm-hmm. media to really bring kids that grew sort up of with science it. literacy. Yeah, we grew up with him, and we also, myself included, grew up with people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and the hero. And Michio Kaku. You know what I mean? Uh, so many communicators who get out of the deep field and come to where the masses are and communicate the forefront, the cutting edge. We don't have that for classical music. And it's kind of weird because my parents are older, older, love them, Uh, but but just like on the slightly older side of just like typical parents. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so like right around their time growing up, they could have seen, because there's so few shows and things going on on TV, they could see the Leonard Bird singing, you know, concerts for young people. Yeah, and of so course. they had someone. That, I mean, really, the great thing, of course, Leonard Bird. Like, so he he did it. He reached mm-hmm. out to the masses, mm-hmm. and then you wind up with things like also West Side Story. Yeah, and he was just kind of like a badass. Like, and he, he was, looked. Cool. He was. He was like. He was a badass. He was a educator. He was civil rights. He looked cool. He, like he at, was. Cool. I mean, he made a, a song yeah. called "Cool." Yeah, <laughs> and it's a cool song. Yeah, it's a but, cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. And so <laughs> he he was someone who was really like relatable and enjoyable to watch a la Neil deGrasse Tyson, Allah. Bill Nye. Allah. Oh yeah. Allah. Allah. He, yeah, he was someone you could, you could connect to. He was cool. He presented it in an interesting way, but yeah. he didn't, that none of them dumbed down things. Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, they never dumb it down. For no. You. And almost every time I see anyone try to, to reach out with classical, classical music, they dumb, dumb it, it down. down, man. No. And no one wants to, children especially. One thing I love working so much with kids and seeing others teach how they approach it. One thing, a program I loved with the New York Philharmonic's Bridge program, I thought it was a particular standout because we just didn't talk down to the kids. Good. We brought them up to the music and it was a very creative process. It wasn't highly rooted in classical music actually at all. It was more like creativity focused Mm -hmm. and and like their ideas first, just giving them the tools to bring out what was coming to their mind. Give them like, here's a broad stretch of things, but you know, we're trying to help you. Kids came up with incredible things. And it's because these teachers never talked down to these students. We took their ideas. We took their ideas seriously. When they wanted this, we tell them like, hey, maybe you think it's gonna work like this, but it might not be as well. Have you thought about this? But we followed their options. It wasn't, we didn't keep them in the box. No. They came up with wildly creative stuff. Better than you know, people who've gone off to school and much older. And these these kids do it as a hobby. They're not. Yeah, little, they not weren't little Mozart. The yeah, they, yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not even. But trying. they they had their curiosity satiated. Yeah. yeah, and and they were taken seriously. And so that yeah. always stuck with me when I was working with these kids. I come in there. I talked about talking about like, hey, you know, what you doing at school? I laugh at their memes. I'm just. I try to <laughs> kids find out. Make the dankest memes. Yeah, these kids. These kids are crushing it. They're hilarious. They're so funny, they're dude. So I'm funny. telling you, I'm starting a new series on my channel called meme review music edition or something like i haven't come up with the real name but these memes make me cry all the time and in the best way um also to your point um when it comes to not dumbing it down 
Mm-hmm. We as classical musicians, you see in the culture of this era of superiority and we're the only true musicians, right? Which is That's hilarious. A, it's, it's really hilarious. When, we, when you dumb it down and you go in public forums, you don't know who's in the audience. Maybe you have very advanced jazz musicians there. Trying to support, just trying to see what the culture's like, right? No play circles around. You don't. Don't play. They will make you look stupid, right? Any, any they could confident. be funk. They could be funk songwriters. Yeah. Anybody with they could just be musicians. And when you dumb things down, you also alienate other musicians, which are way more people than just classical musicians. Yeah. Well, it's well, it's also kind of weird because a lot of people, I think, particularly our generation, but maybe even the next one up, they they also they love lots of types of music. Yeah. They don't think like this. It's still just trying to avoid or figuring out a way to not project that. I give just nothing but the utmost respect to any of these musicians. Jazz, it just blows my mind. I can't figure it. I That's suck. a lifetime. That's um, a lifetime. Improvisation yeah. live and like yeah. doing that. They listen to music all day. They study this art form. They love it. They know the history. They're invested fully. They will play those crappy gigs forever. Incredible musicians. In the pursuit yeah. of improvement. It's mind blowing. You don't really, you don't see that devotion from every classical musician. You don't. You really like, don't. It's yeah. a lot of assembly line thinking. If, furthermore, th- let's go back to the whole trope with, science communication it'd be kind of like the way it is with music it'd be kind of like if chemists would be like we're the fundamental of all science we, that's exactly we talk about what they say atoms <laughs> i know we talk about fucking atoms and molecules man every every other science is beneath us we are yeah. superior therefore don't listen to those communicate don't learn about that science don't fuck with that mm-hmm with me we're the true science that's so stupid that that makes it that super dumb when you think about it in science why do we think about that in music it's yeah it's it's kind of ridiculous it's like it's we're getting away from it for any younger viewers like even particularly in school it's it's starting shifts are happening you can do that and actually it's probably good for you yeah to try these other things and we've talked about it we are both just like me on the writing side exploring working in different types of music not just being like like the uh, like an average listener but like taking these things seriously particularly with the sciences further you get into it the more you realize you need the other fields yeah and and like no no one science has the the solution no but you know bring in Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this all the time. You know, astrophysics are such big picture things, but you can, you know, microbiology or dealing with chemistry and the atmosphere, meteorology, like uh, just electromagnetism when you're talking about why Mars isn't habitable. Mm -hmm. It's because their core does not spin. Therefore, there is no magnetic field protecting it from solar wind. And there goes its atmosphere. And so all these different sciences, they run into the, a similar problem, though. They, they might not, you know, subscribe to be like, ours is the best, but they have, they get siloed off because of typical expertise in academia. When things get further in, you're surrounded by people you know. But they're exactly. trying to now find ways to bridge the gap because they'll be working on a similar problem. They're not going to have that solution without a missing piece from a different field. So I've been reading about, they've been trying to set up programs like this, essentially trying to reform brain trust. Why do we have only chemists working on this thing? Bring in uh, an instructional designer. Bring in it and bring in some uh, geologists. Yeah. Like, let's like, see. It's like they'll figure place. it out. Yeah. Like, just pull in people and someone who's just like great at computer programming who can set these things up. Because they're all smart. Yeah. Get them, getting talented people in the room and have them figure it out. 
have them figure it out. Why not do music like that, dude? That's why I'm trying to, like, I want my life mission to be collaborating with as many different musicians across the world as possible from different genres, yes. different perspectives. I mean, like, that's post-school, the number one thing I did. So, like, during, during grad school, like, one of my favorite things to do is I worked with a choreographer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when it was the first time I'd worked with I played those concerts. A person, yeah, where instead of just typical classical composer, you know, come up with idea, come up with idea, talk to performer, come up with idea, here's the piece, let it go. I worked with the choreographer and I really was determined to actually collaborate, not me write a piece and have them yeah, just do something to it. Yeah. I might as well be another dead composer if, they, if I'm just going to give them a finished product. Facts. So I worked with them actively and it was an amazing process because I had another Great artist in the room. Mm-hmm. This person it d- it didn't do music, not at all. Was she the hot one? Was, were you, did you did you well, work with the? I hot mean, one? they're all beautiful. I was oh. with a dude, but he was still. Beautiful. Okay, yeah, no, still those are beautiful person. dudes. I'm talking. Oh, forget her name. Unfortunately, they're all. It's just, they're just oh dancers. Oh. They're just in, yeah, they're incredible humans. Mm. They really are like you got to your body is like your job. So like yeah. you have to eat, right? You have to work out. Plus they're all in great. I wonder if it's physical for they're the most part, they're shape. all, well, but yeah, of course they're in insanely good shape mentally too. A bunch of them are, it's not like, Oh, like haha like athletes. No, these are artists. They're all read. Yeah. It's crazy. Really like philosophy they all read shit. way more yeah. than any musician. And it's hilarious. Mm. Oh, you know, they have to like eat this certain way and like mm. it's physical and blah, blah, blah. No, they're, they're all like reading. They all go to, I follow them on. They're all friends. They're all on Instagram. Yeah. And they're all going to art museums. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's they're hilarious. They're feeding their soul. Well, Not they elitist, also sample but, all forms of art. Yeah. Like think about it. In, in a way, it's like this visual physical manifestation of what's mental and mm-hmm. what is of storytelling and I, I can't I can't express how profoundly positive my relationship with dancers has been mm-hmm. throughout my life because even you know my mom's a dancer so I'll oh, I didn't like, know that yeah she used to dance she used to do hip hop and jazz back back before I came <laughs> back before, <laughs> before I, I happened ruined I her ruined, life I ruined her life yeah <laughs> hey kids out there anybody who has been born. So if you have ears and you're listening to this, you ruined your, you ruined your parents' lives. They used to be cool. They used to be, they used to dude. I had no idea my (laughs) growing up. I had no idea my parents were like cool and did things before. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine? You can't even imagine it. No, no. Oh my God. That dude used to like his moms have a motorcycle and ski. Now he watches (laughs) Oprah. What happened? I know. Right. And they just, they're just waiting for the end. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of the end, the end, but no, no, it's dancers like these so dancers. Dope. They're incredible to be around. They're just an incredible artist in general. And so I worked with one and it was just a wonderful experience. And it wound up being, ironically, like one of the best, or not one of them, probably the best piece I'd written that entire time there wow. and in general. And so I knew from that experience, it was my mission, only going to work in collaboration with people exclusively. And so since then, that brought me, you know, into theater, working towards pop, but just costumes, anyone, get them in the room. And so it's like, I feel like, yeah, we're on like a similar mission. I mean, we're like pseudo collaborating through this podcast. Um, I think it's active collaborating. Yeah. It's not even and pseudo. I think we're- I just love the word pseudo. Pseudo. <laughs> I, I throw that- I'm, It like sounds a, like pseudo. 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 Have you met Ted? <laughs> but it's working with, with other people is kind of 
Like that's like what I target. Mm-hmm. I want to do it because I enjoyed that process. And it's hard because it doesn't always work, but yeah. it allows you it's to, it's the science merger of the sciences. It's yeah. like, I focused a lot on the chemistry of music, mm-hmm. what goes into making music, but I'm missing the astrophysics. I don't know the planet. And so for instance, one of our uh, previous podcasts, Chris Hendricks was another one of the earlier people that I started working with particularly on musicals after graduating. It was just a wonderful experience because it was funny. So I show up in this, this room, it was kind of like a cast of misfits and we're gonna, we're gonna write a musical. He had kind of had this idea like, hey, I want it to be about this. It's a very serious musical. Let's just get these people in the room and figure out where it goes. And it was a great experience, great songs. Story, eh. Uh, it's basically like Dear Evan Hansen, but we just didn't make it and they did and they have insane amount of money now. And so I get in the room, him and his close friend, another, uh, Andre Demuzio, another incredibly smart, ridiculously talented person, mm-hmm. friend musician, of friend of the pod. We'll have him on. He's in London now. We'll He's, Skype him in. Yeah. But <laughs> but 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 those two had been roommates back at college, so they'd work together on everything, and they just speak each other's mind. And so I'm in the room, and it's hilarious because they're just fawning over this whole Juilliard thing, which I thought was hilarious because they were just much better musicians than me. Like Chris can't Chris can't doesn't read music. He doesn't read notes. I mean, he can do chords. Mm-hmm. But he's a skilled guitarist. Mm-hmm. But that's not where he comes from. He's the singer-songwriter. And so it's hilarious because these two are just fawning over that whole, like, Julia thing. And it's like, I can't hang with these guys. Yeah. They could they pull up, start a concert right now. They yeah, can sing all the song. Mm-hmm. Andre can play everything in every key. He would just sit there and figure it out. Yeah. Just come up. It's just like all, every chord. It's a, and I'm sitting there just like, dude, I got this expensive-ass degree. But and I can't do that type of music. No, I cannot come up it's with. It's very different. It was, I mean, it was an awesome experience, but I'd be like, guys, I don't think you get it. You two are, are the main thing here. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do what I can to like help you. But like, they figured it out, so Chris can come up with lyrics, instantly, and they're good. They're very good, and and it's not just like a factory turns it out. Because then I'd be like, hey, can we make edits? And he can do the edits. Mm-hmm. Oh, this didn't work at all. Can I have another version? Boom, and he can come up. So he's. It, it's, it's just such a high level. Mm-hmm. And, but it's so different. You know, like, yeah, like falling over like the fancy degree. This, there's so much to music. He's the other department. They're like the astrophys- astrophysics and then I'm just like biology professor or something. 100%. I think what we do is the easiest aspect of music. And that's going to make a lot of people mad. But Actually, I'm, yeah, because li- it's written we down. Li- we literally just follow the instructions. It's, this, it's like literally like kindergarten. You... It's write music your by name. numbers. First thing you do, write your yeah. name. Music by read numbers. Read the instructions and do just the instructions. I had a teacher in fifth grade, fourth grade, I think. She had this friend three of the pod. page test. Friend of the pod. Shout out to Miss Spain. That was fifth grade. So I think it was her. I'm not quite sure, but I remember right. We were all supposed to write our name on everything. Like that was the programming in school. And then mm-hmm. read the directions. My yeah. dumbass. I love to study. I'm a nerd. I loved. I love taking tests. I wanted to be the fastest and get the highest score, so I was competitive. Um, I was competitive and nerd dumb. I like tore the reading. It. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this test, I always prided myself on being the first and getting 100 percent and just like crushing everybody because it's super easy. I didn't get challenged until high school when it came we were to in the South. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> States rights. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I saw 
all the dumb kids like getting up and putting their tests on the desk way before me. I'm like, it's like three or four oh, pages I know long. This is coming. And I'm like rushing through it. And then I was like in the middle pack. I was like, man, how do they finish so fast? And the last my question. teacher, no, it was like instruction said, go to the last question and then answer. And then you get a hundred percent, but I didn't. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, I, I went back to the first page and said, read all, read these instructions. And then under it was Carefully. like, skip the whole thing as to the last question. I was like, you know what? This some bullshit. Teachers, man. This some bullshit. Teach. How is this supposed to teach me anything other than to be a, an obedient worker bee? So mm-hmm. naturally I went to Juilliard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and learned to be able to read. Yeah. And just learn how to read sheet music cold. Dude. But that's yeah. nothing to do with music, man. It's true. To so all these musicians, whether it's jazz is different because they do both. Mm-hmm. It's a unique. They they can do it all. They can do it but all. But like, for instance, singer songwriters, many of these talented, really talented pianists, like some of our most famous rock stuff, couldn't couldn't read a note off a page. But they could come up with stuff. They can play. They can really, ad lib crazy. They can play really technical stuff. They can do it all freaking live. Yeah. And they're very comfortable at it. And they all envy being able to read notes. For the most part, and like being like, oh, I wish I could play these things. And it's hilarious because we're over. Off. The, we're, <laughs> we're on the other side. I couldn't improvise my way out of a out of a death okay. sentence here. Um, oh my gosh, almost Ted Bundy joke. Ted Bundy, and that's Ted, what we'd like to call a callback in Ted comedy. Ted Bundy slam. But uh, but I will say the one benefit of reading music is that I can make money really easy and quickly. <laughs> no, 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 like. When it comes to yeah. record, I play viola pretty well, and usually music is not out of my depth. So mm-hmm. I, I don't need to look at a sheet of music before I go into the studio. And then I won't need more than two takes mm-hmm. to actually get it done. And so it re- also really comes in so particularly really fast. like ear training in theory, my performance background, and like composition is something it's just like I can understand things incredibly quickly. And particularly on the composition side, essentially, what I was doing with some of these guys I didn't know at the time is like a producer or something is I can, all those tools, if you think about it, 97% of all the music we deal with outside of classical music is also tonal. So yeah. all of these kind of rules and like mentalities, a lot of them still can be applied and adapted. And almost they all actually probably matter more for non-classical music than actual classical music. And so I was able to work on these, these musicals or films and stuff. And instead of people sitting around struggling to find, they're like, oh, this isn't quite working on this track. Or like, What's, why, what, why is this song kind of lame? And I know, I know the answer. I can sit there and it's just like, where did I get that solution? Counterpoint, where did I get this? And, and it was directly applied. And it was kind of like a light bulb. It's like, wait a minute, this stuff in school that you're like, oh, I'm never going to need this ever again, might actually was the most important thing. Fuck. And that's what most non-classical musicians are missing is that tool set. I did never take counterpoint. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I, uh, but I, should I study? Should I like catch up? Cause I'm learning jazz theory right now. Probably the counterpoint is, is great. It's probably the hardest to learn on your own of the, of the theory thing because really? it's not written about well in any books. Cause it's like, I know it's understood. like first species yeah. counterpoint, right? So it's like court, like eighth. I'll notes show you some notes. things. It's like my like yeah, weird area of like expertise. Oh, I but, mean, you're a composer. Yeah. Because yeah. you know? it's, <laughs> but it's bad, but it's just an yeah. example of like, how did I fix this problem in this song, in this musical? It's losing. It's, it doesn't go anywhere. This chorus has no energy. Have you and, read the addiction? No. Formula? No. Bro. 
This book, it's golden. Like, so recommend it to our listeners? Yeah. So honestly, yeah, I guess. Like, we're not going to get no royalties from this, but whatever. It ain't about that. We're doing it for the culture. Uh, the, the author's name is... <laughs> oh, man. Friedman, Friedman Finson. Fin Dyson. So Fortissimo is um yeah yeah just yeah we'll ff ff it's called the addiction formula and it's about uh the the modern conventions in pop music and every type of music whoa it's oh okay anyway i you like how i took that it's gonna be a good time whoa. you like it's how in that? every song it's literally there yeah it's kind of like the lick. Oh yeah, it's it just, it's, <laughs> it's it's our lick. That's though they, they named lick. it. I think it's is it the millennial whip. They gave it the a millennial name. whip. Oh, it's I don't something know. Something like that. Maybe uh, this is the part of music that I don't know, and I'm trying to learn. But in this book, the addiction formula, the author talks about and gives explicit examples from pop songs. You know how producers strategically control an aspect of music that we that he calls hype. And so you have levels of low hype and high hype. And certain parts of the songs should have a relative level of hype to the lowest level. So hype is just energy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's texture. And then he goes through the different ways to build or subtract hype strategically so that you have that rise and fall, that natural rise and fall hmm. of music, that storytelling arc. Every song is a story. So with every story, you need to have the introduction, you need to have conflict and the For resolution. A, an in-depth and rambling uh, look into story writing, listen to our last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I'm realizing the older I get, which is day by day. <laughs> yeah. Every story, day, man. Getting every, old out here. Getting older every day, man. Uh, it's every do. day, bro. Uh Stories. We're addicted to stories. Humans are addicted to stories. And if you want to make money, learn how to tell stories in a new, way. interesting way. And that's it. This you should have formula been on the, the Iron Throne, man. I should have been on the Iron Throne. You got the best stories. Hey, you, you know what? All right. We let's, try. Let's not, let's not talk about poor Game of Thrones. Anyways, <laughs> but these, yeah, all these things you cool think story, you didn't bro. need yeah. might be some of the most wound up being the most useful in other types because that's one thing that does distinguish you is that you I'll see all these videos on and some of them are fantastic there's been higher quality but like music theory videos on um websites you know they're talking about a song and like oh they just it's kind of a tinsel on a tree they people think labeling stuff is music theory that's not music that that's labeling stuff and the, the equivalent would be like a speaking. It's like, could you read a book if you if you had to read every letter individually and you didn't know what words were, you didn't know what sentence structures were, you didn't know the definitions of the word, context, none of that. Letters on their own are useless. It's until you form them into other things that Ideas. kind of give you context. Words, then sentences. You get more Shinkerian. Yeah. And so not just even that, it's... The problem is that people get stuck on the identifying, which is actually might be the least, it's the least it's important least helpful. Knowing this chord's a G, people will be like, wow, we'll see this works because it's an E minor. Two, five, and, one. And they don't know yeah. anything until you know, oh, it's two, five, one. Yeah. Two, five, one modulating up a perfect fourth to another two, five, mm-hmm. one modulating down by a third. Or 
which in itself is a two five one. Is right. a giant yeah, two. It's a giant so two five things, one. Yeah. And you can use that to inform it. But mm-hmm. just knowing that this note is a G is useless yeah, until garbage. you know the notes around it. It's garbage. And can essentially make the story of the piece through a theory, uh, like a theory perspective. But you have to learn how to label it in order to continue on. Um, it just it gets so deep, like but, the Jacob Collier types and yeah. the so it's Corey like Henry that in Adam Neely. Yeah, and Adam like, Neely. So like great friend videos, of the pod. friend of the pod. Great videos in the aspect that it goes further and puts the thing in context mm-hmm. because just knowing the note names and being able to play the chord is useless. And here's where we, like at least classical music has an advantage because you get that background. So I'm able to come in, change keys instantly and really actually just fix music to make it better. And a lot of those things simply just come, it's not from guessing. There's videos of like Kanye or whatever, or famous people in the studios and they're mm-hmm. sitting around there like trying to find the next note. And what do they do? They slowly try every note. And so they're like flipping around. That's why they spend all day in the studio. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, film directors just <clears throat> like this moment's a little, it's a little too on the nose. It's just like, okay, like maybe I remove the third in the minor third chord. So it's more open. Mm-hmm. It still can imply that chord, but it's not so dark where it's just blatant minor chord. Well, and yeah. St- Stuff like that, where it's like you can use your knowledge of the written music, what you can hear, and theory, and the context some behind extended, it to some remove, extended, yeah. to remove, you know, whatever it is or add. You're able to use that language to to fix stuff, and that's an advantage that a lot of people might not have from the other backgrounds. Work hard on that stuff, and you can bring that to other things. It's like how do you sight read? Think about it. you've played all those scales, you've played every note. A thousand I played, times. I think I've played every note on my viola. You've played you played every note thousands yeah. of times, yeah. and you've you've at some point played through every single key multiple times. But not the same patterns yeah. in every key. But not That's the same what practice is for. But yeah, yeah, it's like if you think about it, the investment and all those technical aspects that really pays off, and it allows you to go in there and crush it because you're not looking at you. Know, you see a sixteenth note run. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about every note. No, it's like, I know this is A major, A major arpeggios. And so, like, that theory, that like other knowledge, while I might scare someone else, no, we're in shortcuts. Yeah, we're in F. Yeah. We're in F. And we go. I just know if I play a note that isn't from F, it was wrong. Yeah, you messed up. Or 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 it's it's an extension. It's it's an extension of F, and I was adding color. Yeah, no, I was just um, just being a free spirit. You, you know what, dude? And and the way these advanced musicians, how they talk about colors and how they talk about feelings when it comes to chords. Your you know, this A broke. minor, this A minor, flat five, sharp 11. It just, it, it's like that moment when you arrive home and your brother's home and he's like halfway into your wife and you just... <laughs> And you just Ted feel blue. Bundy? Ted Bundy? But <laughs> now he's biting her cheek. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you're just sitting around, you know, watching some Netflix strangling, strangling four people. Four people with Florida State. Yeah. With their own pantyhose. Now that he did that too. Yeah. Man, that dude's savage. Dude, that dude is, yeah, he's savage. How Ted's did he get their pantyhose? How's it? Man, he, yeah. whoa. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's like one of those, uh, yeah, like that Netflix document. It doesn't, 
the the actual the movie version like so they also released a movie Zach Efron's oh in God. it it's like yeah I, okay I heard about yeah. that shit so that Zach one's Efron. neat because yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. show it's it's all about you know him and his interactions his relationships it doesn't show any of the murder, the murder stuff which is bad yeah it just makes him cool well yeah but they also don't I don't think they make him look good because at the end they show some like the bits yeah and so it's not one of those I don't. <laughs> For me, it wasn't one of those where they're glorifying him. Like, oh, he was a cool dude. I think they show him honestly, but they show how it affects everyone else. Yeah. And they you see the, the real him. It was so, more of a documentary of like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like. A re- recreation. But his, like, also his life's so crazy uh-huh. that they didn't have to do. do they didn't have to make up They shit. didn't have to do any right. Like I'm sitting yeah. here, I'm like, is did this actually happen? Or are they just doing that writer thing to like yeah. get conflict? And then almost always, it, I, cause I, I watched the actual documentary and then I like read on Wikipedia. No, it was pretty much all, they didn't have to be creative. <laughs> it was all. You can't write real, you can't write better than real life. Yeah, that dude, that real life was, 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 was script ready. That's but, why, yes, that's why I love comedy, man. Like, yeah. People, oh, yeah. people experience life in such very, very vibrant ways. Mm-hmm. And then they, they report it. <laughs> <laughs> then they'd be like, yo, so my daughter did the craziest thing the other day. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the more you live life, man. Tying it back in with these, yeah. these, these musicians just to like. Oh, I thought the whole that. musician thing was like just the, just the medium part for the serial killers and why we love them. I thought it was just a tangent. I thought it was just a tangent. You know, music, man. It's good. It Don't makes me murder. love serial murder. <laughs> Speaking of serial murder, yeah. uh, what's what's going on in your life, man? What's going on? This is um, the segment we like to call. What's going on in your life, What's going man? on in your life? Man. 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 Bro. Brev. Brev. What's going on, Brev? Brev. 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 <laughs> what, what tiny me gang was doing. So I'm going to going back to the jail yard for the first time since graduating. Yeah. Uh gonna be doing a, a symposium. Uh doing four different 40-minute seminars, breakout seminars. Mine's gonna be about social media. I'm gonna be teaching people uh, you know, how to do the social media thing. But it's weird for me, and I, I have I'm working on trying to figure out how I'm gonna teach people 40 minutes or share 40 minutes of social media expertise. I don't know what people know and don't know because this is different. Most people are, have used social media now. Like, well, everyone who's young, they're all got something there. I don't even know who's going to be there. When, when is it? What are the dates? Uh, it's June 27th. Oh, so it's creeping up. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's creeping up. So you're just going to go there and be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you should listen to our I mean, podcast. I've done, I've, no, no, no. I've done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just, you're it's just, it's just one, it's a 40 minute long podcast Hitch. advertisement. It's like, <laughs> you should just listen to the podcast. No, um, I've, I mean, I've done seminars before mm-hmm. on social media. I've just found that it's kind of like, I don't know if I should dumb it down because I also know I'm dealing with classical musicians. So my hunch is, <clears throat> because you're dealing with younger people, what separates is you have a more advanced perspective because now they can just Google the basic stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they probably know the basic stuff. Me? Oh, I should make my stuff look better. What are hashtags? No, no yeah. I still have, so what are hashtags and what are yeah. they used for? You know, old people who shouldn't be teaching, you know, social media stuff. They're mm-hmm. like, 
oh, here's your percentages of your Twitter. And it's just like, <laughs> did you read this in a, a 2006 mag? Like they like Googled the night before. Man, They're like, yeah. oh crap, I need to teach young kids about doing professional social media. When we know that's useless for 90% of all people. So if you come in with advanced insights, your literal insights and talk about, so like these things engage because of this and because my brand is me as opposed to just my music, this works better. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm like wondering, is it a marketing? Should I, I just think, go in the marketing direction because now if, everybody does it. If so you could be as, my hunch is if you can, cause you know, if you bring in that, I think you'll blow them away. If you come in with more advanced stuff because any Joe Schmo will walk in there and like say a couple of things. Oh, you know, I, I post one day before my performance and I put the hashtags in the Look, okay, the number one thing that I'm gonna definitely tell them is nobody cares about you. Uh, I mean, number one. Number one, nobody cares. So how do you get them to? Because it's so busy. Everybody's posted. Every people have accounts for their dogs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like when you start going to the point where people who don't have thumbs have accounts, you know that it's getting really busy, right? After the taping of this episode, Trevor got a dog, a good boy, the bestest of boys. Said dog now has an Instagram. It was inevitable. So. How are you different? Why should anybody give a fuck, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe all you need to do for now is just document your journey to figuring that out. And that's part of what you did. The yeah. idea of like getting the content out. The thing that, I'm still doing. Even thinking about like this pod is just, you know, as, as our listeners can tell, it's just like a highly produced, you know, we have Very a team prepared. of writers. Yeah. Who, um, it's just joke after joke, punchline, punchline. We got George R.R. R. Martin in here. It's just tight. No, tight five. It's tight like for, a butthole. For, <laughs> <laughs> you should talk about uh, your butthole at the seminar. Oh, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Anyways, like this, like the idea of everyone still in classical music, they've got to, they, they look up to the idols who have agents and all these things. And they, those people still need to present these crystal clean images. They only show the good stuff, the music. And everyone who's sub 35 knows that's bullshit. Yeah. And they, that's why you've got like a following. And some of these other people, look at someone who I think he does it well, Hilary Hahn. Yeah. So she, she's had the best of both worlds where she's gone. It's, you know, all of her, like her social media is like done well yeah. because it's not just, hey, she goes around and does solo concerts everywhere. It's she'll take those videos of her just it's practicing. Her, it's her journey. It's yeah. her journey. And she's like, oh, I'm doing the practice thing. You know, I'm not satisfied yeah. with this part. Yeah. And she'll show you the bad crap. And then you're like, wow. Oh, so she's human because when she performs, she doesn't seem human. No, because it's just incredible. Did you see her most recent video, uh, video? She like was in her concert gown and it's like 10 in the evening in Iceland. It's still bright out. And she just jumps in the water and starts swimming in her concert dress. What? Yeah, dude, it's fire. It's straight dude. bars. She's, she's tough as dude, fuck, dude. She's done. I mean, cause that's, yeah. dude, the solo concert she did it for sounds the gram. awful. She did it for the fucking gram. I'm do so it for proud the gram. of her. Do it for the gram, the girl. Gram. Do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. But she's a great example just because of that, because it's, it's still- such she's such a fucking good song idea. She still feels, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. It's, it's, Dude, it's, that's pretty dope. What you, that's like the new, so we had that, so I looked it up, it was the millennial whoop. It's the whoop. 
you know, that's an ever song. Yeah. So they named it. Um, but now <laughs> we don't have a name for that. <laughs> oh, we do. But it's Adam like Neely, Scottish, Scottish Snap. Snap, yeah. With the Lombard rhythm. Yep. Adam Neely. Shout out to Adam Neely yeah. for teaching for me. For bringing that, it man. back. Bring but like, it back. great example. Like, yeah. no, man, that, that's a music history, man. Chapter six of the Nam. The, the Nam. <laughs> The nom. The nom. Yo, he, there, I'm just very excited about the future of music. If you're listening, you should too. This is the most creative, lucrative, creative time to be alive as a musician. Think of about all time. Yeah, I can, it's just like, oh, I want to listen to music. I want to listen to South African rap. And I can do it in eight seconds. Yeah, and it, and you'll look and it's got like 400,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. You can listen you know? to yeah, music that's it's just like well, there's those playlists on Spotify where it's like, I'm gonna listen to stump something no one's listened to yet. Yeah. Oh, and actually there wild? are a ton of people that have listened to this already. Yeah. It's hard to find a burgeoning field in music because it catches fire so quickly. Learn from it, yeah. bring it into your world life. So it's mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's the best time to be alive. I mean it, it really is. It comes with its own challenges, but Yeah. Designer babies. <laughs> that's gonna be a thing dude designer babies can you just be like oh my god like this kid was a gap baby i wanted a yeah <sighs> man i wanted louis vuitton yeah it's just, i want a prada baby <laughs> not gonna settle oh my god but you know it's the future is gonna get very wild uh i'm excited i want to have a platform and an infrastructure where i can kind of like talk about process it, it. And process it but in real time i know? like what you mentioned just really like the idea of just documenting the process. Document the process. Because man. also, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of times where you're like, I don't want to practice today. I don't want to do the thing today. Every day. And then, you, yeah, every day I'm like, I do not want to do this. Yeah. And then yet, if you have some accountability, a.k.a. your viewers, your audience, yeah. your friends. Yeah. No, just do it. Just like, just, just like document. Like now, like your content generation is actually aiding you. Oh, it always has journey. been. That, I, I attribute a lot. Of, my playing ability is directly proportional to how often I posted on Instagram when I was in school. It was it was way more than it was more than a lesson. It was like I was accountable to myself to post something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even even now, I don't practice as much as I used to. But when I do, it starts with that impetus. Like I haven't posted anything on Instagram. Let me just take it out and see and then i'm automatically happy and i remember why i do this every day and, and why i love playing music yeah and like once you're in it like the good feelings come yeah, back Yeah, and then you're but, like oh wow what can i do to share this share this moment with people yeah you know? it's like i've been like yeah like oh i need to release some of these compositional things early in there because when you're off the schedule and if it's a particular thing that doesn't have a deadline it'll never happen exactly and so it's like it's okay to share these things now and before no one would ever do that yeah. No one ever share. They talk about the process, but actually hear it. It's different. It watching happen. it. I wanted to be about that life. That's why I started play homie mm-hmm. play because it was like, look, you don't get better performing until you do it. Until you just do it, and that's something I didn't learn until I graduated. I had I had crippling stage fright from the time I started playing until maybe a year ago. Wow, I it's kind of odd. You know? I'd much rather, <clears throat> and I've and always told people, too. you know, a lot of musicians really scared of like public speaking. It's a, I'm just the total opposite. And maybe just like I would much rather you can give me any subject, be like Trevor, go on stage. There's ten thousand people in the audience. Start talking. I'd feel I'd feel better about that I'd than if okay I had that. to pull 
And they're like, hey, Trevor, would you go out there and play your, your Sonata? Yeah. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> like, I, I need I'd be practice. way more nervous about yeah. maybe it's just like the knowledge of going in, you know, the other pressures that come with it, um, the expectations. But it was always more of a struggle for me to play in front of people than actually just go talk. It's like I can go give a speech. And maybe that's why I liked teaching so much, too. Yeah. It's like I could, I love rambling, talking, obviously by this pod, um, <laughs> just going on pontificating about different things, but, but playing was scarier. Play, and so I had to work scary. on that. Yeah. And even still, because it's like, oh, I'm out of shape on these instruments. And then you're yeah. more, you, there's other stresses that things but, that yeah. come on. But you know what fixes that? Just doing it. Doing it. And cause, cause here's the deal. It's, it's another pitfall of going to conservatory. You're used to your audience's level. Be, yeah. And your audiences knowing exactly what the f- you're doing and yeah. like judging you <clears throat> on it. But most people that you no play idea. for have no, so you could play like absolute trash and people want to have your baby. It's weird, man. So like my, you my teacher that, had a story about yeah. that. Like he was just adamant and I totally agree. You know, like no matter how bad the performance is, you, you put on that smile because most yeah. people don't know. Yeah. And so there's a, that's a good, that's, that's good. And that's like ours. most people don't know. And so yeah. he gave an example, um, a dear, dear friend and just an incredible teacher. Why it really stuck with music. Uh, my bassoon teacher in undergrad, Michael Burns. And he told us, he's a great musician. And he told us a story about when he was playing with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking he was playing contrabassoon. Contra bassoon. He was very young. Mm-hmm. And it was like a huge event. I can't remember which piece. It was televised. Mm-hmm. Super young, televised, their national symphony. Yeah. And he goes up there and he, he messes up the very end of this piece. He plays one extra note at the end oh, in the wrong spot. Yeah. So, the, so the piece ended with a contrabassoon, you know. And it's contrabassoon, so it's like. <laughs> oh, and he's just you know, so embarrassed, so upset with himself. Because um, he, you know, never messed it up before. Yeah, it's just and, one of those moments. And yeah. he's just so angry. And like he just had to learn. He just remembered like how bad. It, like I can't remember if it's like if he figured out that moment went out with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Or he just like realized I looked so upset. And I bet if I didn't, no one would ever know. Yeah. You see that? In- <laughs> can you imagine, so, so what is it, what it? Can you imagine what his face was like? Was he just like, oh, f- he throws his car. He stands up. He storms smashes off. that shit. He's like, he's like visibly crying. And he's like, like, <laughs> like, and, subs- like and subscribe. <laughs> Ring the bell. Um, <laughs> going back to like speaking in front of 10,000 people, honestly, it depends on who those people are. If it's 10,000 like undergrads, undergrad music people from NEC and Juilliard, no, I'm no, I'm never playing for those people. See, playing, but I'll talk to them for days. Oh yeah, I'll talk to I'll talk the shit off of them. Yeah. But talking to normal people, nah, I can't do that. But really? playing for normal people, yeah. Weird, because I feel like I can just talk to any maybe it's just because I've done so much teaching. I just feel like I'm a dumbass. I feel like every time I open my mouth I say something wrong and somebody's like in the it's back. Okay, like, we're, You're we're, wrong. Actually it was twelve instead of thirteen. You need to get your fashion. I'm sorry, I'm human. Well that that's pretty yeah, that's particularly <laughs> well, that's hard talking to I just don't know anything. Regular musicians. Like one thing is struggling like with some aspects of theory. I teach it. I enjoy it. I'm very strong at teaching the first like two years of or the first year of college because I had a lot of experience it and teaching people who've never learned anything before. So you're your average and just an amateur performer who does it on the side. Yep. Teaching kids. Yeah. Can do it. But dealing with the most advanced 
students. Mm-hmm. I was just rusty at it and had no experience. So it was yeah. really hard because at a, then again, at a place like Juilliard, so I was with the honors kids. I was teaching the honors like three and four. So your sophomore theory. So these kids are just, they're monster musicians. They're also great people. They're fun. Mm-hmm. And they could analyze the most ridiculous crap like instantly. And so I had to like try and step up my game. Yeah. These kids were owning me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, yeah. I turn around and they'd be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. and I'd be like, oh, yeah. crap, oh, crap, they're right. They're right. And, you know, they just, yeah. or, or you'd, you know, you'd set up this whole lesson plan where you're going to give the great reveal. Like, well, it turns out in the silent measure in the Chopin, it really should have been an F flat, but he didn't play the last note. And so it sets up the contrapuntal McMuffin, McMuffin, McMuffin. And then, and, you know, you're like one minute in. Wait a minute, excuse me, sir, isn't, isn't, that breasts are probably there because of the McMuffin, McMuffin, McMuffin. <laughs> and it's just your whole lesson plan. Like the great reveal's it's, done. Like they spotted that crap instantly. Oh, they're that smart. It's like they already know. Oh, man. Well, so guys, what you want to uh, watch YouTube? You want to hit your bullet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit your bullet on me. <laughs> just don't tell anybody that you own me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's so like that layers up. But I don't know. I've always felt comfortable speaking, particularly to the general audience, with kind of that. Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson goal. Okay, how to be approachable. And I think something that helps maybe with our backgrounds too is because my background wasn't rooted in classical music heavily. Mm-hmm. It was always a side thing. Mm-hmm. And so growing up in a very normal, whatever that is, parentheses, like average family with an average, average life in an average place mm-hmm. really helped. I'm surrounded by people. No one did what I did. They had a well-rounded perspective. Yeah, yeah and to some degree, the livestock, okay, Middle class, middle America, middle <laughs> stock, stock life. You normal, gotta reach the thing is, mode. yeah, it's normal. Yeah, it's like it's just normal mode. It's not expert. It's not novice. Yeah. You know, you're just normal. I grew up without like knowing this stuff, without really seeing a symphony until college, playing in one. I think part of that helped because not being totally surrounded in that world growing up, bro. I remember, helped. I remember going into because I started when I was twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and many kids who oh yeah they've uh, been China, they've, since four like four six eight ten years old every stage they were ahead of me they had had more just base ground base knowledge I didn't know anything about what was required for college oh, until no, like eleventh grade until man. I did There's it. such a knowledge gap. That about classical music in general, like I was around kids, I was in 10th grade and these kids were talking about, so what what do you think about like, who's your favorite composer? Like Rachmaninoff, Chopin, like I was like, who? Metallica. (laughs) I was like, I I like the Rippingtons. Yeah. I was in rock music. I had stupid hair. I mean, kind of looks like it does now. Dude, get a haircut. But I was playing guitar. I was like interested in like shredding solos. You don't go to college for shredding guitar solos from the 80s. If only. <laughs> if like, only there was a degree in that. It's like you have to go to Berkeley or that's it yeah. if you weren't trying to shred. I had no idea the process. And while that, you know, we could admit, that hurts in a bunch of ways because particularly kids who like stuck with it, they're doing well. If they, if they kept it up, yeah. they just have years more of experience. They're ahead of the game. Yeah. But what I think helped, at least for this somewhat setting us up for the future, I'd like to think, and I tell myself, is that we're prepared for the, a little more prepared for the demands of that creative lifestyle with portfolio life mm-hmm. that now the world makes us do because we had to like do other things growing up and weren't so ingrained. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't have, I, the only lessons I really had consistently was about a year and a half of guitar. 
mm-hmm. in high school. And I remember my classical, I was, that's how I got into classical music. It's like, you know, if you're thinking about doing college and music, I don't know why. I just, I just knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it yeah. or no one had any, we didn't know anyone who was going to in, in the remotely within the field who was, who could advise me on like, is that a good idea or not? Yeah. But my teacher was like, okay, you need to do jazz or classical guitar. You can't go to school for rock. And so I was like, okay. Uh, classical. It just interested me. Learning pop. It's also. Oh, you had that. Ch- you had the choice. You it was really hard. Jazz. You yeah, because that'd have been really hard too. I, I wish classical was fascinating. So that's where I got into Bach and all these things. And I just remember I'd also been really terrible, but played bassoon at the same time. You know, I'd heard that was oh, good to go to college for. Oh, you and guitar at the same time, yeah. dude. So you because like, guitar wasn't for school. That was my own. So how school. did you play both of them at the same time? Did we'll you be, like use your feet for the bassoon? I just did. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just got these pedals. Just I get, you just got, you're like blowing as you're like. It's just like August feet. Rush. I'm just slamming my, <laughs> slamming my face into the guitar. <laughs> I just do Africa, Toto that Africa. That kid's kind of talented. <laughs> like, wow, that kid is, he is sure special. Uh, but. His mom must be a fam- famous cellist. <laughs> so isn't that kid in Willy Wonka? Like, the kid got touched by the, that. Yeah, Robin guy. Williams seems really aggressive in that movie. <laughs> but so the, the, the teacher, the one like line I remember from in college, you can't you can't be doing all these things. So you need to make a choice. Do you want to be the best bassoonist or the best guitarist? Uh-huh. It's ironic because then I just want to be a composer. But that stuck with me, and so. The really part of the thing that, that factored into it was I was even worse. I was, I was good at guitar. I was very bad at bassoon. And it frustrated me. It was the one instrument I dabbled with that I could just not figure out. And I was doing, I did everything wrong. And so I was well, like, well, I like the challenge. Did you ever figure it out? <clears throat> no, I'm still sorry. <laughs> but, but no, I was doing like insanely wrong. Like sci- my, I, I went in uh, my first bassoon lesson a few weeks before the audition. I went in and visited the both teachers at the two colleges in state I was considering. Mm-hmm. And they were both just kind of like amazed because mm-hmm. it was like a science experiment. And my teacher even said, said that my dear teacher, Michael Burns was even just like, how are you doing this? What was, what was wrong? Like for instance, I was tonguing from the top of the reed. Uh-huh. Cause I was just <laughs> and I, like, like coming in it from like above, uh-huh. like a, like a, like the stopper in a You're toilet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was flappy flap bird. It was, yeah. it was like I was. It was a low. So score. you just kept your tongue rolled up like that. Well, yeah. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was but it was. So it was terrible. And so the breast support was awful. I was like clamping down because I'd come from clarinet. Uh-huh. So I was like clamping down clamping on the down. reed. Yeah. Oh man. It was so. The crazy <laughs> thing was is, it's like I couldn't even play A two number one. Yeah. That was a disaster. But I wound up getting there. And there was some like convenience and ig- ignorance because I wound up like placing in like the top group and everyone was just probably confused. People had this like false idea that I was really good, but I go into my lesson yeah. and he's like, we're starting from square one yeah. because I had taken that, the bad technique as far as you could go. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't know. Well, yeah. I didn't practice. You I also just didn't know. know. <laughs> I didn't practice. But, <laughs> but I had worked hard on those excerpts. Brahms that particular year was a bunch of like Brahms hide and variations. And these, these are nasty excerpts. I didn't know that they were supposed to be tough. So it was kind of that ignorance. I wasn't afraid of them. Yeah. But also, it's not like I had a lot going on in my mind because I didn't have all the technique I needed to think about. Yeah. So it was a weird thing. You're just figuring it out. Yeah, it was a weird thing where I went in there and I had like such low expectations that I like crushed the audition. <laughs> Nailed it. 
And so I wind up in like the best group way over my league. So there's only one other freshman in this group, mm-hmm. very few sophomores. And so I had to deal with that. It was a very stressful year because I had to essentially relearn this instrument from square one from while square being one. stuck with all the best, the doctoral students, all these people killing it. And so I just looked like a freaking moron <laughs> for a year. But it was a, it was a great experience because I never played in a high level group. I didn't know what high-level music was. Mm. I didn't know how to play my instrument. No. And so while terrifying, what was nice was be, because a lot of, and you see this probably too, particularly in undergrad, um, and even in Julia, a lot of people who had been doing lifelong classical music, maybe not at a high enough level to go to like Julia for undergrad or these, these great places, but like decent schools. And if they were like pretty good at that school and they arrived, very few of them transcended. They have quit. Well, they realized, oh, I had taken this where I wanted it. And then they like quit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they've gone on to do better things. Maybe mm-hmm. not. But I came in and I sucked. But everything was fresh because I hadn't spent, <laughs> I'd spent barely any time practicing. The most instrument, I'd practiced a lot of guitar. That was mm-hmm. it. And but I, I didn't even play in college. So I came in with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and I wasn't burnt out by practicing because I hadn't not done You'd it. never practiced. I'd never practiced. I'd coasted <laughs> What's by. What's thing? Yeah, I was like smart enough and like lucky enough to get by mm-hmm. for a small town, mm-hmm. be fine and pick up instruments quickly and mm-hmm. music, you know, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not a musician. And and it was, it was I, for me, it was a great experience because I came in there. I did not have a fun time in college. My friends always laugh at me because they could not drag me to the party. <laughs> I goofed off enough in high school so I took I was like, okay, I need to get better at this. So I started to put in the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fizzled out junior, senior year, but he, you know, I had a good two years mm-hmm. of highly effective work because it was catch up mode. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how you got to be. And I needed to, but yeah, I wasn't burnt out. It felt fresh. Uh, and I think that was kind of to the advantage to then go on and go from a school like that. Great school, best in that state, but then to go on and be like the first person to go to a Juilliard in like 10 years plus. From? From, from UNC Greensboro. Yeah. yeah. And go. now, actually, after I went, there's been one every year. Yeah. Actually, there were you two this last it. year. You a bunch it. of jazz. But actually, part of it, my, I'm pretty sure my cop teachers, they told me this. They use me as like the model of like, well, anyone can do it. <laughs> and they straight up tell us. If this no, f- up can do no, it, like you not can even, do it. <laughs> yeah, like not even joking. It's not like, oh, listen to his, you know, be like Trump. No, I mean, if this dude could get it with that portfolio, any of you guys could do it, just apply. Yeah. And so like all these other people since then, I think the education has drastically changed. They're just yeah. like, wait, oh man, if Joe Schmo can, if freaking Trevor can do this, any of us can. And that's true. <laughs> and it's very true. So they, so they, but it's for also it. for the record, it's not. Uh, <laughs> for the, for the it's, record, it's, it's not. It's, I think our, the year we were admitted, no, the year I was admitted, because you were there a year before yeah. me. Uh, it was a 7%. 7% of applicants were Well, it's all passed. numbers. I think my year yeah. was a, like a larger year when they finally started taking more. Mm-hmm. Um, not much more. I mean, it's still... Mm-hmm. I think we were a large year too. When we left in 2016, dude, I think my studio alone left like tw- less, lost like 20 violists. Whew. Like it was crazy. Well, with, with your year... We, it was a... Because of both like of our... Because of both of our years... There were um, ton of there were no room in the dorm. I remember because I stayed in the, yeah, the grad dorm, yeah, dorm yeah. floor, 
both No, years, I had to live off campus. They, they didn't allow any. No. So I was the last one in. So we had no new grad Past students sophomore. in the- Past yeah. sophomore, they want you yeah. off. Unless, yeah. And so like the sophomore is supposed to get off, so they're booting them. But they always had grad students in there. Mm-hmm. And they particularly, you know, like- Favorite, like, you know, international students. Yeah, of course. They had to do that for this. But so only- but they had so many international students. Only dude. your year. Yeah. No, no grad they, students. No, no. Because no. there's just no, no, no space. There were so many grad students, dude. A lot of those Juilliard orchestras were mostly like seniors and yeah. grad students. Is it about 50-50? Really well. I think so. Uh, there were a ton. Composition, but I think about 50-50. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, at least in my studio. Because there's also doctoral, so they hang around. Yeah, but like we didn't really have any doctoral. We had like one well, that's AD rare. the second year. Yeah, yeah, he was like an Oh, AD. Matt? Matt Cohen. Yeah, he's okay. fire, friend yeah. of the podcast. And then what's his face? Does he also do Matt Matthew Littman? Littman? He did teaching assistant, but no, we graduated the same year. Oh, yeah. Well, he was already playing with like- He was playing with CMA. CMA. And like, and he was CMS. with the Phil. He won the $25,000. He made, a, made our career grants look like what, child's play. The Avery Fisher. Avery Fisher grant. Yeah. I didn't know he won that. Yeah. I think I did actually. Yeah. He just- Dang, Break dude. it in, baby. And he was a Kovner fellow, so he didn't have to take student loans. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, well, he's a great musician. He's, he's filthy. Friend Monster. of the pod. Yeah, dude, the like I, I for real will be reaching out to him when- so tomorrow I hear back from the resident fellows uh, pre-screening oh. results. So so what's it feel like uh, mentally to you? I'm just like, are you like, kind of like over pressures or like these arrivals or does it get more I, I, anticipation as we get older or less? Anticipation? I just get, I get more and more angry. I'm like, these motherfuckers <laughs> better let me in. <laughs> like, I'm tired of auditioning, man. Let's go. I wonder if it comes in, yeah, in like sequences of things because it's like before, particularly the undergrad, like how I got into Joe, I just applied to everything, you know, increased the odds, sent it out there. So it's pretty active. And, you know, I was very fine with rejections because I was like used to it as a comfortable, acceptable thing. And I don't even think it's like, oh, like I feel like I deserve anything more. But maybe the longer your losing streak goes, the worse it feels. Yeah. But if you have a couple wins in there, the losses don't feel like anything. Oh, yeah, it's the logical, you're not going to win them all. But I've had so many, I've been taking I've so been many rejected. L's. Yeah, I've taken I've, a lot of L's. This is the year of L's. Yeah, I haven't won a comp to, I haven't won, a, I haven't won an audition since I graduated. So the past three years, like even for summer festivals. But I've you been haven't been taking stuff. I've taken a couple, I've taken a couple, yeah. but yeah, I haven't really taken that many. The, the thing about it is that's different. Mm-hmm. Was before when I was auditioning, especially even through the grad school era, I was auditioning with the perspective of asking permission. No, asking Uh. permission and being unsure of myself. Whereas now when I get a when I get rejected, I'm like, that's some bullshit, man. <laughs> like I'm I'm pretty I'm feeling more confident. Cause like I've been working in the job sphere. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm not only capable, but I'm gonna put in more effort than most people will. Because most of these people are just getting by and mm-hmm. then they're drinking and then they're hungover at rehearsal and then they're drinking. Like they're not practicing. Like they they've arrived. I'm still trying to get my batting average up, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in the trenches. So no, I get angry. And <laughs> I I'm literally grabbing my balls, being like, you made a mistake. Yeah, folks, man. he's grabbing them, right? I can see him right, right now. Right now in my green chinos. There's a there's a fist. <laughs> but um fistful. The, I mean, yeah, so it's like keeping that motivation. <laughs> I think for, at least for me, it's just like the sequence of L's. It's because they happen the sequences of L's. They're having so they're <sighs> they're happening just like bang, 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 bang. 
Bro. That's what I should name my pop, my uh, my mixtape. Sequence of L's. Se- sequence of L's. <laughs> All I do is lose, 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 no matter what. <laughs> no money in my, my bank. No money in my bank. I can never get enough. Sit down. Just like, every time I, I every time I lyrics. look up on my statement, all the numbers going down, <laughs> and they say that <laughs> the sequence of L. All I do is lose. No money in my bank. I can never get enough. Sit down. Every time I, every time I look up on my statement. All the numbers going down, and they say that. <laughs> so yeah, you say final tomorrow. Yeah, final tomorrow. Uh, whether or not I move on to the live round, if I move on to the live round, then it's I've got to learn Don Juan and the shit. Just like the actual orchestral excerpts. So uh, the reason like, why I brought it up, audition. Matt so. Littman. Uh, Jenny Sayo, there are a few people that I'm yeah, calling yeah. uh, to do actual. She, she's like, done it. Yeah. She, yeah, she won Minnesota, so she's like plays That's in. Right. She was the in orchestra. Baltimore. Yeah, but and she did sub with the New York Phil. Uh, who else? Uh, Jen Choi won a job with oh, Dallas. Yeah. We talked about it, and uh, her sister Julia Choi won a Met, Met. after yeah, dude, after playing after. with Philly Orchestra. I know. Jeez. It's, it's so, so wild knowing these people, and of course, uh, it's like the draft. The pod. Yeah, like like Wyatt Underhill, uh, yeah, a good friend. Just like he was, you yeah, know, the number a, one a, picks. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. It's just it's kind of cool. Yeah. Except I'm sitting here like I'm I'm the dude standing outside the the training field with like the sign. Like, yeah, dude. Will will catch balls for Buffalo Wings for written, dude. I'm like 43. <laughs> it's like, I'm like I know the, it's like I know I know draft. the quarterback. I know Cam Newton. But yeah. I'm I'm outside the gate, but I'm like five seven, one one fifty like, like pounds. I'll do. And like, be like, dude, I can catch a ball. You know. I, I can do stuff. These, yeah. these Put benches, me in, coach. I can do stuff. These benches ain't gonna warm themselves. <laughs> like I can run at people but, and miss. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like I mean, it's nice knowing these people because it's you see what they put into it. Yeah. And you know that's like bare minimum because they're also really they're <laughs> Once really great. They get great, yeah. They're all they can like get to that point. But some of them, for instance, like Wyatt during grad school, who's always still practicing. No, no. What I'm saying is like, yeah. no. The work they put in was the bare minimum for a very talented person. Oh, yeah. Like okay. me, <laughs> I'm gonna. I need to at least do what they did at the very least. And I was talking to Nathan Chan, friend of the pod, friend of the legit, pod. one of my favorite Seattle humans. Symphony, Seattle Symphony third chair, uh, Apple and Tesla's uh, sponsor. <laughs> He's a, he sponsors, he bankrolls Apple and Tesla yeah. at the same Personally. damn time. Now, uh, he's, He's good people, and he's another person who's offered to listen to me play and stuff. But he, uh, just a sweetheart of a human, but he told me, I I asked him when I was in Seattle getting off the ship, uh, yo, so like, what did you do when you were doing your audition stuff? Like, what did your days look like? And he broke it down for me. He was like, I went a week of just woodshedding. And we're talking eight hours a day. And the third week... And this is maintaining mm-hmm. six to eight hours a day. Jeez. And then I would 
the next week, then I would work on intonation, just only do intervals and arpeggios and just really get the feeling. I think it's it seems like just having a system yeah. is really the matter. So one, also friends of the pod, um, like a system, I know I like mentioned to you off, off, off the record that our, our listeners would probably like to check out because it's had proven success already. Electroshock therapy? Yeah, it's just like you sit there and it depends where you put those right, so, shocking so, pads, you know. Obviously you know on my balls. So yeah. I need to shock my balls. <laughs> so then I work on my intervals. I am a robot now. <laughs> Fully <laughs> charged up. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're basically like a walking Tesla. You got to like yeah. hit, hit the charging station. Yeah. <laughs> I just plug me into the wall. Ding. Oh my god! Do you have autopilot now? You're like one of the newer models. I've been going on autopilot since about 1996. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it was, it was started up by one of the Met percussionists, okay. Rob Knopper, and it's just a real, <laughs> almost like a text point, like proven. If you just do this method, you'll you'll win a job. And it's one of the main things it's based about is just a couple of different factors, but really just a nice proven system, and it's set up with mock auditions. It's kind of like one of the yeah. key components is yeah. self taping. And mock auditions, yep. and to do you know a ton of those, set them up, listen back to them, mm-hmm. you know, and the kind of like how to itemize what you need to do and set it yeah. up. And so people release just kind of like videos, and there's the blog, and you know it's a whole mm-hmm. it's a whole platform now. Mm-hmm. But people have been doing it now, and they've been winning the jobs. Yeah. So it's not like a it's this isn't a bad diet. No, it's it's it's, it's hard work. It's bars. if you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it, but now he's you know inter- he's bringing in people. So like another Met person did his method, got it. Orchestras all over. There are people coming in from kind of out of the left field who've just done the method and it's worked. So it's like worth checking out. It's it's hard. I think that's how, why. How 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 much does the course cost? You know, uh, I don't know because there's kind of like you know like the groups where you do it together, or there's just the free. Materials. I, I don't. Does he, I can't does he have from, okay? Because like I would love to look yeah. at that, but either way, you could probably adapt no. your own system just from. But essentially, it's like doing the mock, mock uh, auditions. One thing we talked about, maybe maybe it was the last pod, but and 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 certainly earlier in this one with our, our friend of the pod, Ted Bundy, uh, <laughs> is the visual visualization. Uh, yeah, the person who won the recent don't know his name percussionist recent winner in the Met. Yeah. Met Opera Orchestra did it like he visualized the entire day, like simulated it, walking up the steps, yeah. waiting twenty minutes after putting his instrument together and warming up to then play yeah. his excerpt to the T, like what shoes he was going to wear, what what food. So he like simulates that whole day. So not even visualization, he does it. But then he talked about each morning he would visualize that process yeah, of just like do it. Yeah. walking from his apartment, getting on the train down to the T. He was doing yeah. stuff like this, and they basically all these people winning these stuff stuck to systems. Yep. Like if you're if you're not one of those super mega talents who's gonna Which is most people. With, <laughs> no, but, for real. Yeah, you just gotta with, be like, cold. A bunch of people that, yeah, it's just like some of these people they've been they put in so many hours early on yeah. and they've done good work for a long time. Yeah. That they might not need this system. But if you're not yeah. one of those people and you're not because you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, uh, just use the system. Like you can actually subvert the years that they put in yeah. to like setting up and just being great musicians and you know, like, oh, they practice for this audition, kind of how they practice for anything it, else. There's, yeah. These these people are coming out of left field. They No one's heard of them and they're winning big. Especially as we're changing as a human species mm-hmm. to have things happen to us faster. Like we, I think I've said it before. I've, I don't remember last time I was bored. 
because no, I, I have my phone have my or phone. a book. I, have to, I can learn shit all the time. However, like back in the day, these sweaty people we would look up to, <laughs> they practiced for eight hours a day. They, they, that's all they did. Things weren't as interesting. They, they, they don't know how to podcast, but they can play way better than me. So it's just like you ha- there's no substitute for time spent. Mm-hmm. There's no substitute for time spent. I've spent way more time than they have studying photography and videography, mm-hmm. editing, Adobe tutorials, Lightroom tutorials, social media, porn. marketing, lots of porn. But no. <laughs> porn. So what I'm saying is like we all are a product of what we repeatedly mm-hmm. do. And I think that if you really want to win that job, you got to just so you know you're not going to freak out yeah. in the moment. You got to just do it. A Those lot. people are stone cold because they're getting in stone that room cold. and they've <clears throat> thought of every aspect and simulated every it's aspect. It's their 100th time of doing it. Yeah. It's kind of like the Tiger Woods and like the professional golfers that go in that sand trap. I'm going to hit a thousand balls out of the sand trap. How often is he in the sand trap? Two or three times around. Yeah. Why would you practice? Why would you put all that effort for the, the shot? You only have to take two or three times because every that's shot. the difference. Matters. That's the difference maker. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like he simulated that. I'm going to go into the trees. I'm going to hit 100 balls out of this from different perspectives. So that when he's in that moment and it's time to win the Masters and he no longer has a lower back, he wins the Masters. No longer has a lower Dude, back. Dude, he's old now. He's he got the hair's it. back. So now that back's gone. Oh, my he's, God, he, yeah, that Why doesn't a, he just shave? That wasn't just a win for Tiger. That was a win for the male lower back. He has to pull the Joe Rogan. Like It's It's time. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay if you're losing your hair. He could he could put one of those green jackets. Just over his grow head. your beard out. He can bro. like roll his jacket up over his head and just kind of walk around. No one would question him. He's got money. He needs to get a guinea pig, shave that bitch, and paste it to his face. He needs to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Shaving guinea make pigs. Sure, make sure it's pod. salt and pepper. <laughs> it's a salt and pepper beard for Tiger Woods. Uh, these people go and say like that's like at least it's called the audition hacker. Check it out and like, look, at. there's tons of free content. And it's just one of those ones. It's kind of like, it It takes the you out of the equation. It puts you in like. there. It puts you in there. It's like kind of like the best person. It's, it's like the best, um, you know, the best health diet and things. It's just like the more you can kind of take out some of the variables, <clears throat> um, like an intermittent fasting. It's like, here's the window. Just do it. If you just do the thing, you'll be okay. And so this is to that degree. It's the same thing. It's, no matter where you're at, if you do this, you'll be fine. You'll be better. Yeah. You're going to get better. You'll Maybe be you better. don't win this particular one, but if you stick to this, you have a great shot and literally anyone can do it. Mm. Most won't. Yeah. Most won't. That's fine, but I will. Most but, yeah. won't. I will. But that's, if you, but idea. if you do, there you are. So I, uh, another so that's thing a le- that keeps that's happening. A, that's a lesson from Ted Bundy is like, yeah. instead <laughs> just like go to the third yeah. person, record yourself and be pragmatic. You know, if, if you're thinking about, um, killing and hacksawing people's heads off. Yeah. You know, you got to put it into motion. You got to put it in, you got to do you it. You can't be sitting there being a little pervert in the dark. You're like, you, you got to get take, out there. You got to take the show on the road. You, you, yeah, you, you go to multiple states and you, you bite that ass. You bite that booty. Mm. You see that booty of I mean, the person you just smashed their head? I do that anyway, in? though. I don't, we don't need, I don't know, man. If, if girls start ending up like, I don't want to document it too much of me biting girls' booties, but like for real, if they're like girls <laughs> that end up dead with booty mark, bite marks, it, it wasn't me. I'm just saying it right now. It wasn't me. Okay, it's on tape. You're it just like wasn't Ted Bundy me. putting this on tape. I'm putting it on. I'm putting putting on a mixtape. We're gonna bite Start that the booty. Beat. Biting booties is that a good mixtape title? No, 
Malibu Delicious. I haven't seen that movie forever. Malibu, that's actually a real thing. It's it's in some, it's in one of those like Saturday night parody movies. Are you like, talking about Malibu's Most Wanted? That might be it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that white guy. That, it's, yeah, can't yeah, find yeah, my yeah, chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only line I remember. I don't remember anything else about the movie. It's like, I'm just trying Stuck to get. In traffic. Like, I was trying to give you a snack, and you tried to take the whole kitchen. I remember that. <laughs> it was like making fun of Eminem. God, yeah. It was, it was a I big it was funny. Eminem I wonder joke. how that aged. I wonder if that. Yo, aged. we need to let's let's circle back. Let's like do an internet search, watch it, and circle back and tell you how if it holds up. Yeah, Malibu's most wanted. Oh man! Oh it man! Cinema classic, bro. That's like it was like super bad before super bad. God. So I was yeah, and back in our writing binge in the last episode i watched a bunch on <clears throat> like what makes super bad good yeah it was great yes yeah, and it's so like what makes it kind of times because i didn't you know missed a bunch of the stuff like back watching it yeah when it was in it was just like oh this is really cool it spoke to the times it was neat hearing about it as like a great example of comedy and why it kind of like stands out and like ages better than most others yeah because compared to other things where it's like the scenes here they just found a way to deliver a joke they like yeah it's actually in super bad there's very few jokes yeah it's literally the documentary. jokes always drive the plot yeah and they and so much of things are funny aren't are just lines but how they're delivered yeah are great yeah. you know like the the mclovin scene there's not a joke in there uh-huh. so like it's, a lot of judd epitome yeah. movies let's get to this joke Let's get to this joke. Yeah. Or even Seth Rogen films, which I like a, a lot of what he does. You know, it's kind of like hit the joke, hit the joke. But what he did with Superbad was trying to avoid this. You know about you know about the story yeah. of it, though, right? Like, he wrote that when he was in high yeah. school. It's like about his friends. And he friends. finally got it made. Because he was going to get it made yeah. with him in it. Yeah. But and he then, had to be the police officer because yeah. he was too old. He was too old. But he happened to know uh, Jonah Hill. Because from Jonah Hill. And was in 40 year old virgin. Yeah, 40 year old virgin. And the, the, so I did we watch the same YouTube videos? We probably do. Oh, yeah, that's, this, did. That actually, this podcast is us just figuring out. We, figuring we, out. we do the same YouTube we, binges. We, we, yeah. We gotta, man, we're on a lot of YouTube. We're on some deep YouTube. Dude, the deep. We watched that same Seth video. Ro- Seth Rogen. I saw Seth, uh, Seth Rogen get interviewed by Tyler the Creator. What? Yeah, How? dude. It, it was in my search. So this is what's fucked up, dude. I haven't searched for Tyler the Creator on YouTube in forever, I but I started listening to Dissect. Odd Future. Odd Future. Yeah, exactly. I started listening to Dissect, which is a podcast that in this current season is I breaking down Flower Boy. I listened to the first episode. How did they know that I'm trying, that I just watched a Seth Rogen? I've been listening to Dissect, listening to Tyler the Creator season, and then they're going to like give me an interview where Seth Rogen is interviewed by Tyler the Creator. How are they going to do how does that happen without them getting my data? Particularly with the podcast. That's scary, dude. Because it's on a separate app. They should it's a know separate that. app. They should not know that stuff. But Apple, I listen to them on both my Apple devices. Mm-hmm. And Google. It's I don't know, be- man. It's weird that they know they knew that. They knew to deliver that to me. As it was timely. It was spooky. I was not, I was like, yo, I'm mad that this is so relevant, but okay. <laughs> Relevant to uh, my uh, life. Speaking of, of Tyler, I, I, I didn't watch, I can't even remember if he was on. It was just Segway. Segway. Hot Wings. Segway. Hot, hot, hot Ones? Hot you ones. Hot Ones? Dude, I've been watching, thing? yeah, I watched Gordon Ramsay's Hot Ones. I didn't see Let's that Let's give one. some context. So for listeners, it's essentially, it's a, 
probably one of the biggest out there, but it's one it's of those interview show. situational interview shows yeah. that you see all the time. Yeah. Where they just get interviewed and they eat ridiculous. They kind of go up the scale, the Scoville scale, Scoville of scale of spiciness. Yeah, and you know they bring in big, big names. The biggest Kevin names Hart, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Jeff they, Goldblum. So I watched. Oh my god, I that was it. that was such a great interview. I watched. Oh, who else? So I watched Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. I saw Shaq. I've seen so many. I've I saw uh, Joji. Mm-hmm. You know, Filthy Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Just so I've seen like so many of those interviews. I can't Sean remember. Evans is Na- the uh, first one I watched. Natalie, I saw Natalie Eric Portman. Andre. Eric Andre. I saw Eric Andre. I didn't see that one. That's how I found it because I'd recently listened to research and study up on Eric Andre and stuff. And then it, that's how I found it. So I watched see. his hot ones and yeah. then I went in the binge. But yeah, it's just fascinating. It's so fascinating. I want to do, I want our show to be something yeah. like that. I want to figure it out. We do a live show. A yeah. live podcast where we just answer, ask people questions. Yeah. We'll just have to figure out how to make, yeah, like what would be our musical gimmick? To, yeah, I know. They right? have to play the bassoon. <laughs> it's like, maybe maybe we just, they it's have friends. I've been thinking about it a lot. Like make maybe them rap we just, over a beat. We just kind of like, that's what uh, Hannibal, the handsome rambler, oh, Hannibal Burris' podcast, he has like an act, like they'll make beats during the podcast <laughs> and then he'll just freestyle. It's... Hilarious. Dude, I gotta hear it. He's it, it's Dude, now on Luminaries. everywhere, man. He's it's his he's, podcast on Luminaries exclusively now. Trevor Noah's got a podcast on Luminaries. Really? Yeah, dude. They're trying, but it's like you have to pay for it. It's like the that's why it's called Luminaries. It's like the people it's, you really want to hear. Oh, like their so. Podcasts. Why haven't they reached out to us? <laughs> because everybody and their mom, including us, can start a podcast, and it's yeah. just like you know they we're wanna, not luminaries. They want to mon- they want to monetize famous people. Yeah, no, dude, we're nobodies. <laughs> we're nobodies. Yeah, no, and I, I would rather I would rather be that way for as long as possible. Yeah, well, plus it's nice because we get to be like ridiculous and do what we want. Exactly, and we get to go out in public, and we can't be canceled immediately because because we don't have anything. We're to cancel. talking about biting <laughs> butts, and it's just like no one's gonna cancel us. No, we're talking about biting butts and everybody's like, facts, bro. I'm right yeah, there with I you. I get it. Murder. Murder. Bundy. Woo. Dude, like honestly. Team so Bundy. Follow me. Follow this, this, this. Go on this trip with me. I'm ready. So most violent crimes are committed by men, right? Yes. A significant percentage. A significant percentage. Or, and if it is women, it's also enticed by a man in large percentages as well yeah. or because of a man. So it's men obviously suck. My, <laughs> my, my demographics are skewed, mostly male. So I can imagine that male audience translating to this podcast. So we're accidentally what, breeding an army of murderers. Uh, murderers. So don't do it guys. Don't do it. Continue. On your but, journey. but, but do buy her booties, not painfully, but with love. Yeah. Yeah, always gotta, with love. A, a nice hearty nibble on, <laughs> on the buttocks. A hearty nibble. Hearty nipples are fun too. Yeah. Have Have you ever heard anybody describe? You know, those nipples they be hearty though, bro. Hearty. Oh my uh, god, like a bro, soup? your nipples are hearty. Like a veggie soup. Mm. It's like you go you go to the Miami Beach or whatever, and you're like, <laughs> bruh, no. You know, pause, Dude, but like she looks hearty. No, like, your nipples are hearty, bro. Facts. You go talk to that girl. I think she'll be into them too. You get on out here with your hearty ass nipples. Dude, we gotta <laughs> bring back the word hearty in context as it doesn't belong. Uh like instead of like fire, they'll be Dude, that beat was hearty. Dude, that was hearty. <laughs> that was, that was 
hearty that was a half. thick su- fulfilling soup mm-hmm. that that was that was a hearty soup satiated on and that worked a hearty breakfast hearty hearty breakfast or is it dude, hearty dude girl let me be part of your complete breakfast <laughs> okay Where, yes. where's your journey where were you where are you taking us on this journey now we're breeding male murders yeah I, because i have that no i Okay, yeah, I guess there's no problem. <laughs> now remember, guys, if you're going to murder, no, but look no, average. Gonna, I think they're going to fuck with it is what I'm saying. This okay. this message. Casual murder? Casual. Casual booty biting. Is it's a was. side. It's like if they're new, the new side hustle. Side murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I drive Uber and murder on the side. Yeah, but that's probably actually a, it's probably actually go hand in hand. If you drive Uber, you're murdering. <laughs> You're out there pillaging. It's always a coin toss. It's yeah, like, yeah. I could be murdered. But like, they have, they have like- They have an app for that. They have like 3,000 five stars. So oh, yeah, I don't 3, know. I mean, do they just take their phone after the ride's over and five star it? So this dude- That'd be cool. Dead Money was, he was like holding on to like hit a, they were like, oh, he's kind of suspicious. He had a bunch of IDs. Yeah. Like that he kept. Not maybe from these people, but he had a- This is back to Bundy? Yeah. So oh my found, God. So they found a bowl- just a bunch of like random college girls IDs and like a bowl of house keys and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's a little suspicious. Crazy thing is they never brought him in for an interview in Seattle. After all these girls were missing, they kind of identified the name. He had the same car. He was telling them his real name. Yeah, like the exactly. girls. And yeah. so one or two girls, you know, like observed others getting yeah. kidnapped or whatever, yeah. like before with the dude who kind of looked like him, name was Ted and the car. I won't give away the plot twist to watch the movie, yeah. but it also happened in real life. But essentially, like based yeah, on a true they're, story, they're check they're they're checking out this this dude, and so he had a all this like the most suspicious stuff, and they never even brought him in. You imagine they could have stopped all that crap so early, and if they had kept the library window closed, he wouldn't have got out and murdered other better, people. Man. This is like he says in the seventies. It's like yeah. that's still like the era of like the sheriff and deputy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just like it's very localized. Yeah. It's not, yeah, because DNA wasn't around, and actually it's funny. So like he gets the internet wasn't around. This is gets, the seventies, dude. He gets the, bu- the funny thing is he 80s. gets busted by, um, <laughs> and now it, they mention in the documentary. Well, like the, one of the main convicting evidence Florida was like gave him the death death penalty for was the bite marks, and they talked about nowadays uh-huh. that's considered junk science. They would that would not be admissible in yeah, court. Yeah, they don't yeah. use bite marks at all at any. Well, I mean, and then again, uh, who's uh, going around biting? Unless biting you know your 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 show your show is bones bones, oh, and yeah, then, then it's always the dental the dental. Uh, that's okay. So the bones they have teeth. So let's see what's in their teeth. Did you ever watch that show? I loved that. Show, I loved dude. it. I I, I, I didn't finish it. Neither did I. I. I when it was at peak, like the yeah, first four bones, seasons. Yeah, like high school, dude. Great yeah. show. I loved it. This is great. I, I felt smart watching it because yeah. like they they it really makes you the feel smart. Yeah. So I kind of understand some of those words. It's just like <laughs> I've heard that word before. Yeah. Mandible. Yeah. Mandible. <laughs> Phalanges, dancing phalanges. <laughs> <laughs> oh my right, god! Man. Well, this this is an epic conversation. Yeah, this has been. We've just been going on. This is we're over. We're almost to it. We're at, like almost yeah. to it. See, this is good. This is where we want to be. So make sure to everyone just like reach out. Reach out. Yeah, send us questions. A, send questions. Like the email is uh, faking notes. Faking notes podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us some questions. Like slide in our DMs. Ooh. And uh, remember, folks, you know, just visualize, um, put in a system in place, and don't murder people.
but make sure to buy the movies. Like who's always, 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 always. Taking it.